The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking... to the two-man power trip of wrestling i am your host jp john paz with me today very special guest all the way from australia he's been known as the mike Tenay of get my go he's of course the aussie guy himself mr dean galloway dean welcome to the two-man power trip how are you doing today sir i'm very good thank you paz and uh geez you must be you're diving really deep into the guest pool uh you, you certainly must be running out of guests uh, to bring me on, but I very much appreciate the extra exposure and getting to work with a professional like yourself. Oh, yes. Now, uh, we'll get into it in a few minutes. I heard one of the funniest stories I've ever heard in my life listening to you and get my go recently. But before we get into that, what are you up to and what is this Mahler town? What's what's going on? Am I pronouncing it correctly? Not quite. It's Malatown. Uh, oh, Malatown. But yeah, it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a new new thing I've taken on. I've been wanting to do my own thing for for a long time, and and this this thought has been in my head for a while. So it's it's based on there's an overnight uh, sports talk radio show on Fox Sports Radio called the Ben Maller Show, and Ben Maller is the host, and he just has this amazingly loyal fan base that is just full of just amazingly funny and interesting characters, and they're called the Maller Militia, and uh, so yeah, I thought. Why not get together with another member of the Mal Militia? Let's let's do a podcast and shine a bit more light on on some of these interesting characters. And you know, we've uh, it, it's off. I think I'm. We, I was just in the process of editing episode four uh, a few moments ago. So episode four will be out. Um, and yeah, it, it's getting really good feedback from the Mal Militia, and we're pretty pumped up about it. So yeah, if you're out there, I, I just you know you don't need to know anything about the Ben Maller show to listen to it. Like anyone out there that want to check it out it there's a lot of fun interesting characters and it's it's a bit of a laugh who is that ben maller it doesn't sound familiar is that more of an australian guy no he's uh he he's based in los angeles uh and oh, okay. he's yeah he's um worked worked for the dodgers and the angels and uh different major league baseball uh jobs he was a bit of a gossip columnist back in the 90s and had a really well-renowned uh insider info sort of website and yeah, he got the overnight weekend job at Fox Sports Radio when it first started up, and eventually he went to weeknights, 
and um, yeah, he just talks sports and he's just got a different angle on it. He's a bit of a curmudgeon. You'll never hear him talk too much positively about sports. He likes to shine a light on the negative, but he's one of the most prepared men I've ever heard in radio. Uh, I, I think when he goes on for a four hour show, I think he's probably got material for five or six hours. Like he's just so well prepared and so, so well studied. And then he's just got these interesting characters that call his show. Uh, it just makes it all around a really fun radio show to listen to. Now you're more of like an American sports fan than, than some rugby and uh, some cricket, whatever the heck is going on over there in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Look, I've, I love, I've always loved all sports. I've just always got into sports as a kid. And yeah, look, I love Australian rules football. Um, I follow that uh, as a diehard fan. And uh, I've always, I played a lot of cricket uh, growing up. That was sort of my sport. And yeah, I've always, always loved my cricket and following cricket. But yeah, probably about, probably about 10 years ago when I realized how easy the access had got to America these days for us to be able to watch it and follow it with you know all the different apps and stuff these days that I started to get into it and listening to American radio to, to learn what's going on and, and try and understand these sports and so yeah I always enjoyed basketball in the 90s in the Jordan era and all that and uh, we got little bits and pieces delayed and, and all that so yeah and I always sort of liked the NFL and yeah so around about 2010 2011 it just became you know so easy for me to watch that I became a passionate fan and I just love American sports these days. My brother-in-law is from Australia. That's why my sister lives out there. He's obsessed the Yankees and the Giants. He's obsessed with American sports. He knows his rugby, no doubt about it, and a little bit of soccer and cricket and stuff. Man, he loves football and baseball, and he'll wake up at crazy hours to watch the games and stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, it, the, the NFL games start at like 1 a.m. on a Monday morning. Uh, for me or 2 a.m. when the time switch happens but uh yeah i'll wake up at that time on a sunday morning and i'll drift back to sleep and all that uh, during all the games but you know, try and watch as much as i can red zone's a great thing uh, to be able to see what's going on across all all the different games but yeah i'm i'm, I'm more than happy to get up early and, and watch the nfl because i love it i know so many people don't even watch the games anymore they just literally watch red zone tv especially if they're into fantasy or whatever it's just easier for them just to watch red zone it's all action you know you're basically going to get all touchdowns field goals or whatever's happening in quote unquote the red zone so i know a ton of people that just watch that channel yeah and especially if you've got like if you put the app up with your favorite team their game playing on your ipad or something and have red zone on the tv you can sort of follow your team but then follow everything else that's going on as well it's it's great i love red zone it's brilliant do you have an nfl team yeah i'm a dallas cowboys fan uh, so that's Ooh. you know yeah <laughs> obviously i jumped on the bandwagon in the early 90s i was i think nine nine years old when they won the or 10 years old for the 93 super bowl and that was the first game i'd ever watched uh, we used to get the super bowl every year that's you know we've always had that and so, yeah, I watched the 93 and 94 Super Bowls were the first two games of NFL I ever saw. So I picked the Cowboys at that point. And little did I know that that would probably be the last success we'd uh, see in my fandom. And uh, I didn't really get to appreciate it. But you never, never know. One of these days, it might get back there. They stink. And I love it. <laughs> I'm a big giant. Everyone loves I, it. I, I, I oh, love uh, I love when they're struggling. But uh, yeah. hey, they've been better than the Giants for the last couple of years. There's no doubt about that. They're just always just missed opportunity team that just blow opportunities to Cowboys. That's what it's been for the past 25 years or whatever. And certainly in my fandom in recent times, there's 
there's been some close ones. I th honestly feel the best chance was 2014 when uh, the, the Des Bryant was it a catch or not a catch. Uh, I yeah. truly believe that year the Cowboys had already beaten the Seahawks in Seattle and I, I thought they were a good chance against the Patriots. You know, if, if they call out a catch for Des Bryant, I thought that was the Cowboys year. But, you know, those are the things that happened to the Cowboys in the past 25 years. I hate that rule. I, and, I, and I hate yeah. the Cowboys, but come on, that's a catch. That's, so, that's such a stupid rule. Like, they just pretend and make up what's a catch and what's not a catch. The officiating in the NFL every year gets worse. It's insane. As the technology gets better, they get worse. It's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't even know how to was, describe a catch anymore. It's ridiculous. He was clearly diving for the end zone, which means he's yeah. now making it. He's, he's made the catch, and he's, he's making yeah. a football move. So, yeah, it was ridiculous. It, it broke my heart, but, hey. We all get it, don't we? All teams get it where referee decisions don't go your way and, and it costs you and you're going to remember it forever, but, hey, it happens. Hey, Des, hate the Cowboys, hate Romo, but, man, that was some bad officiating. And I didn't mind Romo's, what happened, but that was bad. I feel so bad for Romo because he was a really good quarterback and I've, I've ranted to people before that the fumbled snap on the field goal, I've just always said, what the hell are you putting your starting quarterback in that position for? That is a no-win situation for him. Like, he either just catches the ball and puts it on the ground like you're supposed to, or he makes a mistake and he looks like an absolute moron. Like, I just couldn't believe you'd put your quarterback in that position. That was crazy. It's weird with him. So he's got a great regular season record. Postseason record, I think he's 2-4. and four. I mean, his record in the postseason. The Des Bryant game does play a factor. So if you really won that, he could have been 3-3, three and three, and who knows what happens after that. But, man, just in a microcosm, him in the postseason, that horrible fumble, that interception against the Giants when they were the first number one seed to lose the home game ever. <laughs> when yeah. RW recorders literally almost set him up a little bit. He was dragging behind. He throws the ball in the end zone intercepted Giants win then Giants end up winning the Super Bowl Giants were just awesome road warriors I mean they just wouldn't lose on the road for 10, 10 games in a row I mean they were just unbelievable but it's just funny that like Romo whenever like the the lights shine brightest he played his worst yeah absolutely that that's the big floor on him uh you know Peyton Manning was similar but Peyton Manning got a couple of really good defenses to to carry him through a couple of playoff series but uh yeah that that was the thing Romo in the clutch it, he wasn't there yeah, Peyton Manning, people think he's great and all this other stuff. That Broncos team literally carried him. He was rated the worst quarterback in the league that year. I don't know if anybody really remembers that. It goes back. <laughs> yeah. He had that horrible neck injury, but he was awful. So he was just yeah. a game manager, but he was rated the worst. And the other year, he was really good, but in the playoffs, he wasn't that good. But Bob Sanders and um, Dwight Freeney and that defense was dominant. Mm -hmm. So people forget certain things. And his career playoff record, I think, is 14 and 14 or 14 and 13. So he's not yeah. that good in the playoffs either, Peyton Manning. No, Eli, that, that, the opposite, which is weird. yeah, that's what I've always said. If you combine the two guys, it's the greatest player of all time. Because Eli in the playoffs was just ice cold. You know, he was yep. he was unbelievable. And I think that's the thing about him. I, I think he never went too high and never went too low in terms of his mental. You know, like he would make a lot of mistakes, but he'd never let it get to him. And right. so yeah, he could be a horrible quarterback at times with the mistakes that he'd make because he he just. He was always willing to take the chance again and again, and he never let the last mistake uh, get in his head. So, yeah, him in the playoffs is completely just locked in, zoned in when he got to the playoffs. He was he was at his best when the lights were shining brightest. Giants those two years had great, 
great defenses. But the thing was, he had to make comebacks in both of those games against a great defense. And that 07 Patriots team is the greatest team of all time. I mean, they were undefeated. They had one of the best defenses ever. He had to come back twice against yeah. them. They were down twice. So to say, like, oh, he got lucky. I mean, the guy came back twice. He's got ice in his veins. And then the 2011 team, they had the worst running offense in the league. They were awful. Um, and the line was, you know, okay, and they had a good uh, receivers, but he kind of carried the team there for a bit, and that throw to Manningham was perfect. I mean, just him making those comebacks is crazy against the Patriots, and Belichick's Patriots, even crazy. Yeah, exactly, and, I mean, that second one, they probably shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Like, the Cowboys choked it away again, you know, uh, late in the season, losing games that they should have won, and, like, everyone talks about the David Tyree catch, which is, it's an incredible catch. It's, you know, like a fluke catch, as people like to say, but... He should have been sacked. Yeah. Like how did he get out of, you know, I thought he's gone, he's down, and he somehow got out of it and launches the throw. Like, you can't underestimate what he did on that play to actually get the throw off. Yep. And Joe Buck's call, if anybody remembers, I know he got ripped on it for when he was on Howard Stern, was awful. <laughs> for the greatest play in the history of the Super Bowl, his yeah. call was like, and Manning gets sacked. No, he's out of it. So I noticed NFL films, they cut that part out, and they put Bob Papa, who's the Giants announcer, they yeah. throw – him out there who obviously is going crazy like, oh my god he, he broke free and Tyree made the catch he yeah, you yeah. Know, glued it glued it to his helmet like just awesome play great memory and it's the only way that that Patriots team could have or should have been beaten right. is it's a freak play like that that's that's what it comes down to that team like I say the best team of all time uh, other than coming up against Eli and the Giants crazy belichick couldn't quite uh, figure out his buddy coughlin his old uh, his old coaching buddy his old friend couldn't yeah. figure him out which is nuts to think about tom brady could have nine super bowls especially that horrible eagles team which is probably the worst team ever to win a super bowl i don't know how the hell they lost to them <laughs> it yeah. just uh what's his name nick Foles, um big dick nick was uh, dominant somehow he he had himself an eli manning playoff run didn't he or a joe flacco yeah. playoff run yeah Still say, even Eagles fans I talk to say it might be the worst Super Bowl team ever. It's up there. It's got to be yeah. up there. I hate the freaking Eagles. I yeah, hate I hate the Eagles too. Yeah, we can agree on that. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is ironic because my team in Australian rules football are the Eagles. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Is Australian rules football exactly like rugby or is it different at no, all? Completely different. Completely different. It's, oh, it it's a really difficult game to understand and learn. I've always said this, like people will watch it and go, what's going on? There doesn't seem to be any rules. Like The, the rules are intricate and they're tough to learn, but I, I also feel once you learn them, it's hard not to love it. What is like your background? I know obviously you're from Australia, but like, what is the background in sports? Is the background in communications, TV, radio? What's your background in? No, I've, I've, I did a little bit of volunteer radio a few years back uh, when I was when I first started getting into it american sports and that i sort of tried to bring a bit of an american sport flavor uh to to this particular radio show but i only did that for about a year and a half and i've just always wanted to do stuff like this and sort of got to that age was like how do i how do i get in now like i don't really know i've got no education in it i've got no experience so it's tough to get your foot in the door and i started listening to podcasts uh back 2014 2015 and i just fell in love with podcasts and, and podcasting, I was like, "Well, this is how you can do it. You could, you could get in through podcasting and and refine your craft there." So yeah, basically, I um I was listening to a lot of wrestling podcasts and 
sort of got to know some people on Twitter and, um, as you know, got involved with an infamous podcasting network uh, a couple of years ago. And it sort of led to just meeting all these different people like yourself and Chad and Joe Feeney and Mike Durbin. And yeah, so no real history and communications other than those those couple of things. I've been an electrician now for, for most of my life. And these days I do a little bit of that and, and you know, just another sort of physical job. Uh, that's, yeah, that's pretty much the gist for me with you i guess it's a lot of the power of the internet right i mean because who knew a guy from australia 12 hours uh, ahead of us in the future is, is you know communicating with us on, on the east coast over here of the united states crazy power of the internet yeah it is a it's kind of hard to believe sometimes and like with the wrestling thing like i got into the wrestling in, in the attitude era and that was sort of the beginnings of the internet like i, I remember being one of the one of the kids at school that was one of the first to get the internet over here and you know, going on message boards and stuff like that uh, back in the in the early days when, when I was a you know just becoming a big wrestling fan, and I thought that was crazy then. And then just the advancements in technology since then, and now, like I got my phone and I'm I'm on Twitter. Like you know, you messaged me the other day on Twitter. You want to come on the show? Yeah, no worries. And then you just send me a Streamyard link, and and here we are talking. It's yep. it, it's it's fascinating. But um, yeah, it's also a thing when I was talking about the Ben Maller show and, and doing Mallertown. It was funny because one day I realized, like, because I started listening to a podcast and then one day I realized you've got this app, you can actually listen to it live. And so then I did start listening to it live and I was like, well, you could call in. Like, well, there's nothing stopping you from calling in, you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah and that's sort of, I I can do voices and impersonations and stuff. And um, I started impersonating his callers, some of these wacky callers, and uh, it really grabbed their attention. And um, and now I've just got all these friends like, you know, I mean, I'm in chat groups and, you know, having conversations 24 hours a day with people from all across America, some people are in England and, and the UK, like, yes, yeah, it's, it's really is unbelievable what you can do these days. So no background in comedy either. Like no, as far just, as the impressions and stuff. Yeah, no, I've never done anything, I guess, professionally uh, for that. I've just, I've always enjoyed, obviously, making people laugh. It's, I've always uh, got a, got a kick out of making the room laugh and all of that. So, I've obviously, it's another thing that I've thought about over the years. But I can be a bit of a procrastinator at times, and or just think, oh, it's all too hard. Like you know. I don't want to go on, try and do some stand-up comedy and get booed off stage. Who wants to get booed off stage? You know, like there's certain, there's a certain level of courage that, that goes into uh, trying to do stuff in comedy, I think. So where do you meet up with Johnny Wangland? Because obviously that's kind of the, the start or the, the genesis of all the Get My Ghost stuff. It's that he knew all these guys, which is so strange. But yeah. he's got some sort of story with all of them. And it seems like a lot of them are very angry at him though. What's the background and what's your story with him? Yeah, so all right, I'm responsible for a particular Twitter parody account uh, directed at Matt Coon a couple of years ago. I came up with Fat Coon. And I was I was tweeting out, you know, stuff just for comedy. Like, you know, the, I never had anything personal against Matt. I just thought there's there's some people here I could make laugh, you know. And I never targeted Matt personally. Like I never never tagged him in tweets or anything. It was just to make some people laugh around me and uh, one day, John tagged me in a tweet. Uh, Johnny Podcasting tagged me in a tweet and said that he'd been reading my tweets on his on air and thinks I'm hilarious and blah blah blah. So he invited me on his show, and I said, "Oh yeah, why not?" And because I actually then thought, "Well, 
you can do voices so you can actually bring this character to life now and you know you can use your sense of humor uh, in an interview so i did an interview with john and um and yeah eventually invited me to be his be a co-host on his podcast and at that time he was on joe feeney's creative control network and he was getting plugged on keeping it 100 with conan and so i'm sitting here thinking well joe feeney seems to know what he's doing and and john is linked with joe feeney uh you know this is a good guy to to be in partnership with and just as you've seen on get my go uh, anyone that's watched get my go and followed it everything that sort of happened from that point on from when i met john just all of the things that transpired over the next year and a half two years it's one of the most fascinating stories i've ever come across to be honest man it's just crazy how he got in with everybody like he knew everyone for somehow some way through podcasting like we're saying through the power of the internet and pissed everybody off in a, in a different form or fashion so when did it kind of go south with you and john so so i was I was working with him for three or four months and he kept telling me all these things that were going to happen. And one after the other, they didn't happen. And, and then he started his podcast with Dan seven and, and he was going to do a Patreon from word go. And, and I listened to the first episode and went, Oh God, this isn't <laughs> any good. This isn't going anywhere. So I was like, mm. and then Chad came into the, came into the situation and he was talking big about Chad and the relationship he's going to have with Chad and, and then Chad didn't show up. And and then, yeah, I stupidly did the castrating the bros thing, which I should have never have done. But it's one of those things at the time I thought I was being funny. <laughs> but sometimes the power of editing like Mike Durbin does, uh, you know, you could you could fix these things. But, you know, that happened. And I just realized there's a lot of negativity coming his way. And, and the stuff that Joe Feeney and Adam Hughes and that are saying does sort of seem to be true. So I had a constant... Uh, discussion going with Joe and I was letting him know yeah look I'm trying to find my way out and so I was I was planning to get out and I'd said to him I'm leaving I'm done at the end of the football season because I was doing a football podcast with them and and then yeah they decided that I was running a bunch of parody accounts and I was feeding Joe Feeney information and so I received a DM from Rob one day uh, cutting me off saying you're done which I only had like two shows to go anyway, so I wasn't wasn't overly fussed at that time. I was pretty much going to be out, and so yeah, that was sort of the end of it. They both blocked me and uh, stopped talking to me. And six months later, get my go pops up, and Joe was like, "You want to come on get my go?" And <laughs> I was like, "Well, yeah, why not? This seems like a lot of fun." It's crazy uh, how this guy seemed to anger a lot of people through mm. uh, podcast of all things. It just I don't know. It just seems so crazy to me. Um, I never really get like a, a full story on like him and his background. Like, where did he pop up from? Though? Like, where did he? I know obviously from Creative Control and Joe Feeney, but like, where did Feeney find him? Do we do we even know? There's a lot of conjecture. Feeney says that Husey brought mm. uh, brought John to him. Uh, Husey heavily denies that. I don't know. That was that was before. Uh, I might have knew about Joe Feeney at that point. Listen to K100, but uh, when when he when John came onto the scene, that was before I really had any idea what was going on. Um, and then I started sort of seeing what was going on with the grapplers. And that was one thing that John did. He, well, Rob did as well. They got, to, they got into fights with the grapplers, which not, not generally a very good idea. Uh, but those guys, um, yeah, there, there's so many different people that just come got sucked into 
to this uh, little vortex involving Johnny podcasting. So funny. Just to, like think about it. It's like, who is this guy? You know, like what? Like you know what I mean? It's like, what is this guy? And there's a show that was born from him with obviously guys from you know, very creative backgrounds. You know, yourself, uh, Mike, obviously his editing and everything else is great. He's got a very popular podcast. Feeney's doing K100 and Raven, all this other stuff. And somehow they're all intertwined and involved with this guy. <laughs> I know. I'm just like fascinated by it because it's not like, I don't know, not groundbreaking stuff that he's doing. It's just, you know, wrestling podcast, really. You know what I mean? It's nothing like crazy or, or anything. So I'm just kind of like curious, like, so when he gets you originally and you're originally working with him, are you thinking like he's great at this? Or are you thinking oh, like I'm just doing my own thing? I'm not really paying attention to what he's doing and what he's all about. I think pretty much uh, there were certainly times when we were doing podcasts together where I would you would hear me laugh in the background. Just be like, what What the fuck did he just say? Um, but um, sorry. Sorry about the swearing. Um, yeah, no problem. Go for it. <laughs> uh but yeah so but i don't think i was really fully taking it in i was just i was using it as an opportunity i guess to refine my craft uh when it comes to podcasting and, and getting used to talking on air and you know doing all that type of thing so yeah i don't think i paid a lot of attention at the time uh but i think as time went on when i started listening to stuff that he was doing like away from me i would go what is this <laughs> like this isn't very good. Like I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy this at all. Uh, but then when I got into listening to it for Get My Go and looking to find clips, then your attitude completely changes about what you're listening to, and you can zone out and 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 yeah, zone out through the boring stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'll hear something, and I'll just crack up laughing. Okay, that is hilarious. And he's not meaning to be funny. Right. It's just. He's just butchered a famous saying or, uh, you know, some some story that he's just told is like clearly made up and fake. And yeah, you just go, this is this is fantastic. You know, he I and, and uh, Feeney has said it's like not on purpose. I said he's one of the funniest guys I've ever heard. And he's like, it's not on purpose, man. He's not like trying to be funny. And, and Mike obviously agrees. But it I, there's something about him. He cracks me up. And I. I just think like, man, like this guy is great, but like not on purpose or he's, he's definitely not doing it on purpose, but I think he's great. I think he's a great podcaster. And, and I said to Feeney, it's like, Feeney, he's better than you on the air. He is great. <laughs> and then he, of course, he got mad at me. But um, I, I don't know. It's just something that his, the way he talks, obviously he doesn't finish sentences sometimes, which is funny. Like get my goat is get my go. There's a couple other things where he, I forget what he said, but it was like he cut off the word, but he, acted like he didn't so just some of the things he does i just i don't know why maybe it just hits me in, in the right spot it's just so funny because it makes no sense sometimes sometimes like his english is terrible but he then he then i'll say like oh uh rat rob is so dumb or you know he'll, he'll say somebody else is so yeah. stupid but then in the same sentence his english will be incorrect and he'll say something wrong i just i don't know to me he's so funny it was <laughs> this is one there was rob did his big showdown with john the other day oh, and you know what i i missed that is was that a work shoot or is that real like what I, what happened there i died look i don't know i it i believe it was real i believe that yeah rob just finally wanted to squash things and you know i think i think rob has sort of taken it all a little bit more to heart um than the rest of us because he was so deeply involved with john you know they were partners yeah. and all that whereas whereas for me i i at no stage have i had any 
like have I hated John or anything like that. I was a bit annoyed at him uh, when when I first left the network, but no, this has all been comedy and fun uh, for me to get my go. I wasn't harboring any resentment, uh, whereas I feel like Rob was, and you know, Rob put money in and stuff like that, so I can understand that. Uh, but yeah, he just he wanted to uh, bury the hatchet. Well, not bury the hatchet. So so, uh, but just stop all the all the negativity back and forth. But Big Josh Hinkle sort of in the comments said to John, you know, you called me Gilbert Grape and, and blah, blah, blah. And John denied that. And he, so he, he said, I never called you the R word. I'm not going to say it. I, I prefer not to use that word. But, right. And then he goes, I, I think you need to go back to elementary school to learn how to hear. And it's like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Like, A, you don't learn to hear in elementary school and you're good. You're pretty much doubling down on the, on the calling Josh stupid, uh, comment right. by telling right. him he needs to go back to like, like nobody else could do that. Like, so unknowingly, like it just, that's, they're the words that came out of his mouth. And I'm like, you really don't understand how much worse you made yourself look there when trying to deny, uh, calling this guy stupid. Yeah. He's fascinating, man. Unintentional. But yeah. but great, you know what I mean. He's un unintentionally funny, unless it's some sort of great act where he's some sort of like Andy Kaufman level comedic yeah. genius where he's working everyone. Is that possible? Not absolutely not possible. But uh, <laughs> it would be it would be my he would be the Andy Kaufman of podcasting. But it is not possible. No, definitely not. You ever see that where Andy Kaufman purposely has a really bad set when he's doing stand up? He wants everybody to leave, and this guy won't leave. Like and but people are like oh this guy sucks so everyone starts walking out on him and he's trying to get this guy to leave. It's just like a different level of like comedic genius where it's like wow this guy yeah. did the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> he did an SNL um, tryout and he purposely bombed. Like it's it's so funny, but yeah. they ended up using him on the show a bunch of times anyway. He just didn't want to be a, a cast member, so he purposely bombed. Knew that that would kind of get over, and they just kept bringing him on the show. <laughs> just like so, he's not an Andy Kaufman level genius here. We're, we're talking definitely not. No, definitely. I, I don't think he could be. I don't think even Andy Kaufman could be this consistent with being bad. <laughs> you know, like he, said, he oh, is the worst podcaster I've ever seen. I mean, Brother Martin gives him a run for his money as well. But uh, yeah, he he's so epically bad at it that it is the funniest thing ever. I feel like Brother Martin knows more about wrestling than John, though. Like just listening to them, I feel like he knows a, a little, little bit, bit more. Yeah. yeah, Brother Martin listens to all the podcasts. Uh, you know, there's something to wrestle in 83 weeks yep. and all those different ones, which, yeah, I used to listen to them a lot more than I do do these days. But, yeah, that's sort of where I've got my wrestling knowledge from as well as all these podcasts over the years. And, you know, he always puts you over, John, Brother Martin. He's a, know, he's a big, man, big fan of the two-man power trip. Uh, Chad can Chad can fuck off, I guess. So he's not not impressed with Chad making fun of him all the time. But yeah, you've you've... You've not been on there to make fun of him, so he, uh, you guys are still friends. Apparently, he said that the other day on our show. Oh, I didn't know friend. that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't know. Friends. Okay, all right, yeah. nice. I think That's it's because you like his tweets and stuff. Yes, know? yes. Yeah, he always tags me, so you know. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting with him because obviously he gets tied in with Martin too, but he doubles down and you know, and obviously adds fuel to the fire. A lot of stuff he's done and said. I don't really know what's true and what's not true with him. I, I don't really pay attention to that stuff. But obviously, he's in with John. John also called him, <laughs> uh, you know, an idiot and all this other stuff. So what does he say? Because it's clear. I mean, it, it's on tape. He can like. What does he say about that stuff? They both say that John apologized to him the oh, next okay. day. 
you know, and that's their story. With you know, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But I've noticed with uh, Brother Martin lately, I think he is missing Get My Go. Uh, he's really, he's he didn't do his own podcast because he used to have Inspired, and then yep. he, and then obviously on Get My Go there was the final episode of Inspired, and he he announced Baptized Fire and. He didn't do any shows for weeks on Baptized Fire. And then Get My Ghost stopped. And he started doing one every week. And every week he wanted to talk about the haters. Uh, so it seemed like he was he was trying to get our go, I guess, and uh, <laughs> and, and get get my go uh, back up and running And because he, he's missing the attention, it feels. So the bonus episodes, the three that you were just basically starring in, I heard the story. I messaged uh, Mike and Joe. I just said, man, I go, that was so freaking funny. I literally, I was going, walking back into work and somebody was parked there. They probably thought I was nuts. Like, what the hell is this guy laughing at? Because I get out of my car. I'm still laughing. That They're like looking at me and they probably think I'm just like some psycho. I couldn't stop laughing at, at the, the bonus episode three. That story where somebody recognized him and the kid <laughs> gives him the fifth. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I literally, I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard like a funnier story. Maybe the the melter like you ever heard my Dennis mm. Melter like that thing like it, yeah. it's awesome too but I legit couldn't stop laughing so somebody recognizes him is the story <laughs> right I mean right I mean yeah is this true? two people it, two if you listen right. to the story closely it's two different people so it's a guy and a kid yes yes that's right uh, which is incredibly successful Fig Life didn't exist yet Fig Life for the two and a half thousand <laughs> subscribers so, didn't, it wasn't on video. Exist. <laughs> so it was, uh, but he did have a wrestling with reality YouTube channel. But I, I'd be surprised if there was any more than twenty followers or whatever at that time. But uh, yeah, I pulling the onion back a little bit, uh, taking you behind the curtain. That particular clip. So they'd been doing him and brother Martin had been doing a lot of, you know, we're challenging you guys to come on and talk to us. None of you have got the balls and blah blah. And hearing that, I constantly would say to myself, you know what, you could you could go on and you could make him look stupid and you know everyone could get a good laugh out of it you know and it got to the point where i actually messaged joe and mike and said i'm thinking about doing this but i'm not going to do it if you guys say no and they you know they hadn't got back to me i can't maybe joe had got back to me and and said oh you know but what what do you expect to get out of it and blah 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 and so i was sort of mulling over it thinking about it and i i was listening to one of his old shows you know just to try and find clips and Literally minutes after Joe said, what do you expect to get out of it? I found that clip of him telling the story about being recognized. And I went, how can you, how can you get anything out of this, this confrontation? Like, he, if he's got a lie to that extent, like, and expect everyone to believe that he was recognized based off of his wrestling with reality YouTube, he's going to lie straight to your face again if you if you go on a podcast with him so discovering that clip was uh yeah what sort of nixed my thoughts of of uh you know going on a show with them and, and making them look silly because yeah going back to the showdown with uh with rob he just doubled down and tripled down on everything that that he's always he's always said so it is pointless talking to him because you get lies like like this great story and yeah when i sent it to mike he was just straight away was like wow like that is the greatest clip I've ever heard, and it it couldn't have summed up better. I thought it. Was, I think it was a great way. It was the perfect one to end everything that we'd just done in season one with the fifty episodes. That story was the perfect exclamation point on on uh, series one. 
of Get My Guy. Man, I was like thinking to myself, like, why are, was that like the whole season? Because that is that's the best story I've ever heard. I legit couldn't stop laughing. I went back and I rewound it later in the day just to see if I was like crazy. I'm like, okay, it was really funny, but let, let's test it out. I'm going to listen to it again. And I was dying laughing again. I just couldn't believe it. Then he gave the guy a fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> and he was kind of rude to him too. It was just like, oh my God. Yeah. I, I, was, I was like, okay, like this guy is like, I don't know. He could be telling the truth. I don't know. I'm going to guess not, but I just couldn't stop laughing. It's like, he's getting recognized by <laughs> It's a little kid. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, it, man, he, he knows how to make me laugh. And he's obviously, uh, I, I don't know if, it, you know, Feeney was saying he's delusional and the story's not true. You know, who knows if it's true or not? Yeah. I'm going to lean, yeah, like I said, I'm going to lean towards not true. But <laughs> man, that is the best story I've heard on that. And I've heard a bunch of doozies on that show, but that was awesome. Absolutely. The Shawn Michaels one as well uh, in part three that it, that he's clearly making up on the spot. Uh, you can hear you can hear the gears turning in his brain as he as he remembers this story. Uh, yeah, he's he's brilliant. It's fantastic. Now, is he making it up to pop like Richie and Rob who are with him at this point or is he making up for the list? Like, what's the the, the motive behind it? Because it seems like hmm. he's trying to pop maybe who's whoever's in the room with him or something. I think that's probably generally what it is and trying to sound cool uh, to the person because he he would um he was a bit of a chameleon when it came to what he liked depending on who his co-host was at the time right uh, whatever that person was into you know suddenly john was into that and uh so yeah that i think that's a lot of it is yeah wanting to seem cool and fit in with his with his new buddies i guess man if anybody hasn't heard it, go to Get My Go, uh, the bonus episode number three. That is hilarious. The kid story is great, too, because he gets like a little creepy for a second. Like he's in the bathroom. He sees this little kid. Kid recognizes him. And he gives him a fist bump or whatever. <laughs> or gives him the, the, the fist. Like, oh, man, just gets really weird. But I was like, man, that is just one of the things where it's like, I can't believe you didn't find that earlier. But almost great time that you didn't. Yeah, exactly. It was it was just in a nothing throwaway episode. No one probably would have ever listened to it, to be honest. And uh, that you know they wouldn't have thought much of it, I guess, at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I happened to stumble across it and thought, how seriously? How can you expect people to believe that? Like, yeah, as you say, maybe it is true, but I just can't imagine that anybody, like even you, at this point, you know, with everything that you've done, how stunned. Would you be just to randomly be at a hockey game or wherever the hell he was? Someone in the bathroom go, "Hey, John Paz, two man power trip," you know? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, I never really wrestled or never really did anything to business, you know. Just a guy interviewing people. Oh yeah, I'm getting recognized. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. What a nut! I mean, even for Meltzer, like to say that he's been recognized in Hot Topic and and Price Club and all this other stuff. He, like he even takes it before. I mean, obviously he's uh, been doing it a very very long time, but I even think like that's that's crazy. I mean, come on. I mean, well, you, you I, ain't, I you ain't Hulk know. Hogan here. I mean, come on. Yeah, I didn't even know what Meltzer looked like until Mike Durbin got the tongue, the tongue video. Oh, which, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyone that's ever used that gif of, of uh, Dave Meltzer's tongue, that's Mike Durbin's uh, video footage that you're using with that gif. Yeah, Russo better thank him because Russo loves that. Yeah. Uses it all yeah. time. Yeah, definitely. It was a so good you've yet. been called the Mike Tanay a.k.a. the greatest third man in the booth by a few of the Get My Go members. They said that you're, you add the most to the show, you're their favorite. Is that something that you, you love to do? You know, I guess it's not all the time now, but was something you like to do basically every week? You love doing that show? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, thank you for the compliments. I don't know how many people are saying I'm the best uh, third person, but look, I, I do. I love it. I love, I love trying to, I love hearing the things that he says and just going, oh, geez, that's funny. And here's a quip that I've got for it. And I've always loved, yeah, sort of trying to yeah, quickly come up with stuff off the top of my head. And that show is is so much fun for it. And knowing that Mike Durbin is editing it, like it's just whatever's in your head, throw it at the wall. If it doesn't work, Mike will cut it out. You know, <laughs> like it's, right. it's plain and simple. So, you know, Mike's pretty good at, you know, only getting your best stuff out there. Uh, but John's such an easy target. It'll be interesting if uh, when Get My Go does move on to other targets, if it's if it is the same level of comedy that we can we can get out of it because John is the perfect target uh, for Get My Go. But you know, I think we definitely need to expand and and try other things. But yeah, it definitely is. I, I love trying to come up with you know funny little comments related to what what's just been said. I don't know if you can get better than John. I mean, you yeah, guys can try, but I don't know if you're gonna get better than John. It's going to, I don't think a lot, as many people will, will mess up the English language as much as John. And I think that's some of the most fun clips that you get out of Johnny podcasting is, you know, he's the proof in the pudding and obviously get my go and uh, all these different, uh, different um, mess ups that he's had along the way is it's some of the best stuff. With him, I think everybody knows him too. So you know what I mean. Like everyone has some sort of connection with him. That kind of adds some extra sweetness to it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, certainly, the beginnings of of Get My Go. It certainly was just the people that uh, sort of were in that that little bit of a circle that we'd all sort of moved in, and the people that had had experience with him and and were laughing at him. And then suddenly, I, I think just because it is the show is so well done and. John is such a interesting target to make fun of that it just suddenly started to expand a bit to where people that have never heard of him and knew nothing about him have now watched Get My Go. I've got people, a couple of guys in the Mala Militia that's just started listening to Get My Go who knew nothing about any. It doesn't know any of the people involved in Get My Go, but they're hooked on it. They're going, it's a funny show and you don't need to know Johnny Podcasting. You'll learn. Um, right. along the along the way you'll learn about johnny podcasting and i mean chad when chad came on and told the story of meeting him like my god what a story like it just it couldn't have been more perfect uh hearing the story of chad meeting him and him meeting dan seven there's just so many layers to this story the people that he got involved with it, it, it's so much fun and yeah you don't have to necessarily be in this inner circle to enjoy it Chad did talk him up a bit to me, saying that his this this guy was great. So you think a part of it is him everyone maybe being mad that he fooled some people here, that he worked a few people? Like like he thinks he's great, he kind of finds out he's not. Is that and like obviously Rad Rob found that out the hard way too. You think that's a part of it too? Like Feeney all of a sudden he's giving this guy basically some limelight and the guy tries to steal his his formula and do his own thing. I think absolutely he there is a charm to him uh, when you when you actually get talking to him. There's no doubt about that. And it, yeah, he does. He does fool you. He does drag you in to begin with. And like I said to you, like when I was explaining my run with them, it it takes a little bit of time, but then you realize, hang on, he said this was going to happen and it never happened. Or, you know, there's there's things that he sort of exaggerates or embellishes or, or whatever. And so I think, yeah, everyone does genuinely like him to begin with. And, and not that I've ever really disliked him, it's just you start to see through the bullshit. And and it does take a little bit of time, but, uh, you know, everyone does sort of have their story of where, yeah, they were all getting along the great, and then they just realised 
they were being lied to constantly. I think so. Yeah, I think there is a bit of that to it. Um, Pause is a little bit of uh, people going, Jesus, he worked me kind of thing. Because I remember like a few people were like, oh, this guy lied to me about this. Because I would say like, oh, I really want to interview him. He's so interesting. But, you know, a few people like he lied to me about this. I asked like Jeff Lane, I was like, you think he'd be a good interview? He goes, honestly, he goes, you could interview him stuff. He's like, but how do you know if like he's telling the truth or not? He's like, it might not be a fun interview. He may be funny, but it might not be like a good interview because he's not going to really get truth. Or how do you know if you're getting truth? So I was like, yeah, that, that is kind of true. It's like, if you're talking to somebody, you kind of don't expect them to be making anything up for, you know, for a half hour or whatever, an hour or whatever. It's, it's kind of like a counterproductive. Yeah, exactly. And like one of, one of the first things he told me when I, I got involved with him is his network was in partnership with Joe. He said they're, they're 50, 50 partners in it. And oh, I've since, whoa. I've since asked Joe and Joe said, no, we'll never partners. Like, Joe was happy for him to go, but he was kind of a bit annoyed that you're like you're stealing my whole my whole plan that I came up with. You've come in, stolen everything, and now you're going to try and do it on your own. But that that was the thing for me. I thought we were in partnership with with Joe, so I was like, well, if if we still got Joe on board, then you know we still get the plugs on keeping it 100 and and all that. But obviously, then you, I start to see, hang on, <laughs> Joe doesn't seem too supportive of this. And uh, these guys seem to be at odds. And John would tell me, no, it's a work. We're just playing. Like, we're all buddies. And it wasn't until I started talking to Joe myself that I realized, yeah, right. So he's been he's been lying to me all along. He was never in business with Joe. And uh, and he's trying to do this all on his own. And once you lost the Keeping It 100 promotion, I was like, well, who's promoting this? Who knows who you are? Nobody knows who you are. How are people going to find you? So, yeah, I couldn't understand that. Uh, but that's the thing you can never know you could never know what's what's truth and what's not because there's so many lies stacked up like yeah you'd be weeding it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack trying to find the truth where do you get all the clips and stuff because obviously you're supplying mike with a lot of great content like the greatest story of all time like we just said like where, where do you get the clips and stuff from so i just started listening to his to going through his podcast feed uh, for a while and I, I spent these oh, weeks probably a couple of months just because I can listen to podcasts all day at work uh, so I just chuck them on and yep. go about my day and then one day I, I heard something and I was like I've seen people screen record but I don't know how to do it and so I googled that and so then uh, so I knew how to screen record I just whenever I heard something skip back 15 seconds start recording it stop it boom email that to Mike and they just kept stacking up and when I was going through my video section of my phone, I just got hundreds of hundreds of these screen recordings uh, that I've taken off of off of his podcast, and I've still got dozens and dozens of clips that I that have not been used. I get my go. Uh, there's stuff that I found. There's stuff that when I listen back to it, I go, I don't even know why I clipped that. Like, I don't I don't see what's funny about that. So I just trash it. But at different right. times, I'll <laughs> at different times I'll hear stuff and just start recording it, uh, screen recording it, and file it away for for later use on get my go funny thing is sometimes you don't know what's going to catch right i mean because he says a lot of crazy stuff so you're like oh let's see maybe this will catch maybe this will not catch him playing brad armstrong's theme music over and over like yeah, it might not be over but uh, maybe maybe it'll catch on it did catch on. yeah, yeah. no and and similar with jokes that i'll do on the show like i sometimes i'm surprised that what someone will you know someone will comment or or message me or whatever and say, oh, that line was hilarious. I was like, oh, really? 
like I personally at the time I didn't think it was that funny but it's it's just a joke that hit uh, and yeah same thing with the clips some of the clips that the people have reacted to when I've heard them back I'm like eh, I don't know if that's that funny but then it just hits and people love that particular clip whatever he said in it so yeah you're right certain certain ones just uh the huge and mon monumental that's just become everyone <laughs> huge and monumental um i always loved from flog and the dolphin i loved balls <laughs> yeah that was i thought that was a really good one uh but yeah there's there's, there's a bunch of them that have just caught on my great good friend a lot of yeah. people always yeah. refer to people as their great good yeah. friend i don't know is there anything you use in everyday life I, whenever I say huge, I always in my for some reason I always in my head I go and monumental like just <laughs> in my head like oh that's huge or oh I'm monumental I love great good friend that 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 that's just so funny because the hell's he talking about you know what I mean like he's obviously bullshit yeah, it's not his great good friend but yeah, my great good friend Mike Durbin you know what I mean just yeah he knows what he's talking I, about. he knows how to hit it hit those lines that's right uh, I actually use get my go unironically now I that's I've forgotten to do, at this point that it's get my goat. Like just get my go is so ingrained in my head now that I used it the other day. And thankfully the person I used it to knows about the show, but yeah, it's just, I don't think I'll ever use get my goat ever again. It's get my go from now on for eternity. I've used, I scratched my no or whatever the hell he said. He didn't finish yeah. nose. He used no, I yeah. say like my no, like, what are you yeah. saying? My no, my no. That's, I don't know why he does that, but it just something that to me, I always think that's funny. It's like he just cuts the word off. Mm. And that's it. You think he's going to finish? Nope. He just cuts it off. That's it. And win the bonus episode where he used worth your go. <laughs> what does that even mean? Another one. I have no idea. Yeah. I'd love to get like a, like a, what do you call it? one of those, what the heck do they call it? Like Japanese to English translation dictionaries or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. Wangling to English. Wanglish. Yeah, Wanglish. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Yeah. So we can figure yeah. out what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. He's, he's definitely speaking his, his own language. Yeah, I think most of the time you can you can see that he's put he's taken two two sayings and and stuffed them together. Uh, you know what he's trying to get at, but he's just got lost on his way and uh, has found something else. You know, found found a different saying on the way to to add to it. But yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it. I just keep sitting here thinking about all of the mistakes. Like, yeah, the proof's in the, uh, the yeah, he's the proof in the pudding. And it's just, uh, I love it. I love it so much. See, I love that when the guys are like unintentionally funny, they're not trying to be funny, but they're funny. Like, I, I love that kind of humor. It's, it's great. I don't know if you ever watch this show on Practical Jokers. There's this guy, Rob Emmer, oh. who comes on all the show. Unintentionally yeah. so funny, but he's not doing it on purpose. That's what makes him who he is. I, yeah. I mean, that's what makes him so funny. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Impractical Jokers is a great show. I love that. So, I've never been a big prank guy, but when when the pranks on themselves, it's I, I find that funny. Like if they're sort of pranking other people, I've never been a big fan of that. Uh, you know, just bothering innocent people. But in this one, the jokes on them, and uh, and it's quite hilarious. The embarrassing situations they put themselves in. Yes, I love pranks of, of all sorts. I don't know why making people <laughs> uncomfortable, doing weird stuff. Uh, prank phone calls, uh, releasing chickens places that shouldn't have chickens releasing them. I mean, stuff like that. I love stupid yeah. shit like that. You know, crazy pranks. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I do love pranks, but I'm more if you're if you're harming, like if you know, when people get covered in you know some sort of goo or, or you know whatever. Like, you, when you when you're interrupting someone's day negatively, right. I, I don't right. like that. But if it's if it's harmless fun, uh, that's just for a laugh. Absolutely, I love pranks. 
So with Get My Go, you're saying it might be over for him and that there's going to be a new focus, or is that just kind of something you're thinking about? Yeah, so Mike and Joe, uh, Joe did a very rare, actually he's done a couple of creative control dailies uh, recently. Uh, I think Guns N' Roses has inspired him to do some podcasts again. And so him and Mike talked about the release of the new Guns N' Roses song and the second half of the episode, they go into what's what's next for, for Get My Go. Uh, so basically, go check that out, Creative Control Daily uh, with Joe Feeney. Uh, check that out if you want to hear it, this more in depth. But basically what they said is, uh, Mike said he'll never, ever stop doing John and Brother Martin. Like That <laughs> will always be a part of Get My Go. Uh, but yeah, they're going to try. I think, um, so JD from New York, I think is a potential one. Uh, there's this guy called Wrestling Otaku, I think, uh, that uh, he had a very misogynistic uh, YouTube video at some point and is sort of your classic embarrassing wrestling mark. So he's uh, he's a potential. I know there was someone that was complaining to the Realm Network and complaining to Vince about some of the new talent coming on Realm Network that Mike tweeted out the other day and said, see you on Series 2 of Get My Go. So, yeah, there's there's a few people that are that are popping up as potential targets. So, yeah, certainly I, I believe that the plan is is to take on a few different people. I think there was Rue TV, R-U-E TV. I think yeah. that's who that yeah. was. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. I didn't really know who he was, but he got very upset, very yeah. upset about Aubrey Huff and Val Venus, I think. Aubrey Huff in particular, I think, is the one that's got most people riled up at the moment. Yep. But it's behind a paywall, though, so what do they care yeah. if they're not paying for it? Makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's bizarre to me that people get get so uptight about this stuff. And people were trying to break into Realm to change something around on the RSS feed. Oh, they had to right. shut it down. So that's some people. Some of these people are a little bit of uh, sycophants. They're really just nuts. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's unfortunate. And like at the end of the day, I, I really don't care about whether someone's political beliefs align with mine or whether they're you know a positive influence or a negative influence. Like you say, it's behind a paywall. Uh, and like any podcast, no podcast falls in your lap and just starts playing in your ears. You know, you've actually yeah, got to go out and, and press play. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I just think, you know, you don't have to listen to it, folks, and you don't have to you don't have to promote it like you are. Like they are all promoting it by, even though they're rising up against it, they're, they're announcing to more people that Aubrey Huff is a podcast on the Realm Network. Right. Jeff was saying he likes it because it's kind of free publicity. Yeah. You know, no, no public. What is it? All publicity or bad publicity, still publicity, or however that saying goes, yeah, any, or all publicity. Any publicity is, is good publicity. Yeah, yeah any publicity is, yeah. is good. Yeah, yep. Yeah. There you go. So it's one of those things where, all right, I guess you guys can talk about it, but it's so weird. It's like you literally would have to go to Realm, pay for it, put it behind the paywall, add it to your phone, and press play in order for you to ever <laughs> hear it. So why do you yeah. care? Like, what? Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> I think uh, Ricky Gervais has a, has a great joke uh, about. He's like stuff on Twitter and all that. He said, like back in the day, like if you walk if you walked into town and there's one of those notes on the wall saying guitar lessons and, and the phone number, and it's like ringing that phone number and going, I don't want guitar lessons. You know, like <laughs> just walk away. You know, like you don't you don't need to get the guitar lessons. Like just you could just scroll past people's tweets. You can just avoid podcasts. You don't have to react to everything. You can just move on with your life. He also I've seen him. Uh, I believe it was the uh, Hulu Theater at MSG, the oh, nice. adjacent theater there. I saw him 
very good set. He had some great stuff. A lot of uh, fat jokes that some people did not like, apparently, but he had some good ones. Some funny joke about this milk carton with the girl, and he finds the girl, but she's oh, not yes. smiling like she was in the milk carton. Like, <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. That was his closer. And, like, everyone's, like, uh, on the edge of the seat, like, oh, you found the girl. And he's, like, that's eh, not the same girl. She's not smiling. And what is she doing alone in that room? Eh. Yeah. And, like, he's, <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah, the description was always smiling, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and he sees her, he goes, oh, "It's not her, she's bawling her eyes out." Yeah, uh, it yeah. couldn't be her. She's always smiling, not smiling. Yeah, oh, great stuff. That was his closer, and yeah. everyone was like dying laughing. That was great. He was pretty damn funny. Yeah, no, I mean Ricky, he's sort of he gets a little bit annoying sometimes, like in terms of like he's got that sort of elitist attitude, like yeah, I'm better than you. My opinion's better than you, and I'm. I'm an atheist like him, but he he's one of those ones where I'm like, Ricky, just shut up. Like most most religious people aren't harming anyone. I know there's certain levels that annoy you, but you don't need to constantly be a dick about religion. Like you know, there's there's good people that hey, that that are religious. Yeah, yeah. There's always the extremists in every group. So I kind of feel like he gives atheists a bad name sometimes uh, for just being a dick. But now overall, when when he does a stand up comedy bit. Uh, he absolutely is always well prepared and always does a great set. He's a funny, funny man. Yeah, and Afterlife. Have you seen Afterlife? No. Mm -mm. I highly recommend it on Netflix. Uh, it is one of the best shows I've ever watched in terms of like, I've never been on an emotional roller coaster like this. Like, you'll go from absolutely dying laughing to the next scene you're bawling your eyes out. It's a brilliantly written uh, television show. I highly recommend Afterlife. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Nice. I'm uh, always looking for some good shows to watch because I feel like few and far between sometimes or I get through a season too quick. Uh, yeah. Damn, I forget what I was watching. Awesome show. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. What the hell's the name of that damn show? It's on uh, Amazon. Oh, is it that? Oh, no, I can't remember. I'm not going to be able to think of it. <laughs> damn it. Now, now I'm trying to think of it. But um, it's on Amazon. But I would like you, you get through the show and it's like all right i gotta find the next show to watch because you finish that one so quickly like you almost binge it you almost want to save some episodes and, and you know what i mean and not watch yeah. it too quickly which always is a problem for me so i'm always looking for yeah. the next show to watch yeah like i i managed to like avoid like because i watch so much sports and all that i avoid shows for a long time and, and i can bank a few up but yeah, I'm like, yeah, I binge it all straight away and the season's done like over a weekend or, you know, over a few days. And you're like, oh, what am I going to watch now? And I guess I'll go back to sports for a while. But um, I, I did that with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I went like season one to six in a week or something. I just constantly had Brooklyn Nine-Nine wow. on the loop. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think it's ending, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. right? Yeah. last season? I think it is, yeah, which... Oh, it's a shame, but you know, yeah, how long can you keep going? Really, like right. it's, it's hard to keep finding new storylines and and new jokes. So, yeah, I've been way, I can't believe, sometime. I can't believe I forgot this. Goliath. Oh He's yes, a great show, yeah. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, Goliath. Hmm. I got through it so quick to three seasons. I was like, damn, now I need to find another show. So then I was yeah. watching The Outsider. I got through that really quick. I mean, there's just so many good shows out there. Uh, uh, Bosch. My favorite show obviously just ended. Now they're going to start it up again on IMDb TV. But I was purposely only watching an episode a night, so it would take me a little bit longer. Yeah. Inevitably, uh, you know, you end it and you start watching it quicker, and you, you're like, damn it, I wish I would have slowed down watching these shows. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I get a little bit of that with podcasts as well. Uh, there's some 
there's some that are sort of shorter episodes and they have they only have a certain amount in a season so i'll just i'll ignore them for six months and then go back to them and go all right i've got a i've got a backlog you know because they're the kind of ones that are timeless it doesn't matter when you listen to them they're always right. Uh, like a lot of historical stuff and things like that so yeah i sort of try and bank them up and then after a few days of work all right i'm through that one let's go to the next one that i've ignored for a while and and then there's obviously the ones that you just listen to weekly because you have to like they're, they're fresh fresh topics but um yeah it's similar like you say with netflix and all that I'll, I'll go through and i'll i'll try and forget about a show and try and ignore it for as long as i can so that episodes can bank up for me to for me to then binge it as we hit the wind down, we head towards the finish here. What's next for the Aussie guy? What, what do you got next coming up? I know uh, you got Mahler Town. What's next? Yeah, I'm at the moment with so obviously kicking off with Mahler Town, and I'm getting used to uh, being a host of a podcast, I guess. And and so we're doing some interviews, and I'm getting used to doing some interviews and, and all that. So I'm almost. I was thinking about it yesterday. I'm, I'm almost tempted to split Mahler Town in half uh, and have. And having an inter- interview, uh, an interview show, and then sort of the the Malam Militia uh, show. So yeah, perhaps just branching out and, and doing an interview podcast uh, because there is a, a you know I've got to know a lot of cool people that you know I've got have got their own stories you know like yourself like Chad um, you know Joe Feeney Mike Durbin all that. So yeah, it, it's something I've had a lot of great support from people that are actually at work at Fox Sports Radio as well. Um, I've just we just had. Uh, a Fox Sports Radio guest on, and uh, we've got another one next week. So they've been really supportive. Uh, so yeah, there's there's definitely an opportunity there to do some more interviews. And yeah, look, I do have a couple of other little ideas in the back of my head that you know I'm I'm not sort of ready to go ahead and say, oh, this is what I'm going to do. But I think the more that I keep doing Malatown and get used to editing, um, you know, each each episode my editing gets quicker and quicker as I I get into the groove and used to what I'm doing and that. So. Yeah, I think as time goes on, I think I might um, might pull the trigger on some of these other ideas that I've had had in the past. Nice, sounds good. And obviously, like you said, Get My Go is not dead yet. Just taking no. a break. Mike's got a lot of editing and stuff to do, right? Just taking a break. Don't get yeah. wor- you know weary, anybody. They're coming back. Yeah, look, Mike, because we recorded the episode fifty, and then we'd actually recorded those bonus episodes before episode fifty. Oh, funny enough, okay. Ooh, behind yeah. the scenes look here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we've all been on break. The, the rest of us involved with the show have all been on break since you know the end of May. Uh, whereas Mike has only just finished editing the bonus episodes. So Mike's break has only really just begun over the last couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I th- you know I think they were tentatively talking September, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, get my go is certainly coming back, and I certainly plan on being involved um from time to time like i was you know sort of i guess more in the second half of of series one i became a lot more heavily involved with the show in terms of being on air and that so yeah i certainly want to be involved with that as well going forward I've, i always have fun doing that so yeah uh get my go is coming back folks definitely one thing that bothers me about get my go or about those guys is as far as uh, john and chris you know what show you're reviewing before you hit record right i mean it's not like spin the wheel make the deal okay we're recording and it lands on superstars 1992 you know exactly what you're doing so only thing that really bothers me is so funny they just like make up random wrestling facts and that may be like the mark thing in me where i don't like that because it's like how do you not know that or yeah. not even how do you not know that it's like 
dude, you know what show you you hopefully prep beforehand. It was like, hey, Chris, what do you want to talk about? Okay, we're going to talk about this episode. And here's all the matches. Unless they're going into it completely cold, which is a really bad idea. But I always get annoyed. I'm like, guys, you know what show you're about to record. Like, how come you don't know anything? <laughs> like, and you're doing a wrestling show, you want people to, to kind of come to you as being like the voice of knowledge. Like, you could be like, I guess, funny about it and stuff, but you want to have some sort of base of knowledge of and, and know the content. I just get like, how do they like not know some of that stuff? It's just so funny. And like th- the stuff they say to like almost cover not knowing it. It's just odd yeah. to me. Yeah, it's like any any of Conrad's shows, whenever they're doing a topic, like say they're doing a pay-per-view, Conrad will do the the weeks leading up to the pay-per-view first before they start talking about the pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, you would think that if you're going to cover a particular episode of Superstars, you're going to go, all right, what happened in the lead up to this? What are we going to see? All right, let's learn a bit about the, the the inner workings of that time. And like I remember John saying, oh, these people expect us to know this stuff off the top of our head. Well, no, don't don't press record if you're not yeah, ready to. You know what you're covering. <laughs> you don't have to. I was always thinking that, like you don't have to hit record. Look it up, uh, you know, even on the internet. Just go right on the internet as you're recording, right or right before you record. Look up the stuff. I don't know, print it out or leave it up there or whatever, but just have it ready. And it's it's funny because I'm just like, man, for me, a lot of the times, which I think could be like a detriment too, I've watched all these shows. So I try to go back from memory and try to incorporate that into the research a little bit too. But it just seems like they're going in completely cold. Yeah. And after that criticism, John would start just reading off the card. Of the show like this person versus this person is that anyone can do that what do you what do you mean what are you doing so no we all like it used to bug me so much i mean it, i still occasionally watch their stuff uh, just to see if there's anything funny uh, but i've taken a bit of a break from watching or listening to their stuff but um, oh, they, they still do it i know crystal does but john still does her show yeah yeah they've got another name change uh, oh what's what's the name under what, uh, what are the retro wrestling revival they're calling themselves Wow, I saw something like that pop up on Facebook. I didn't know exactly what it was. Now, okay, now I know it's him. But I just thought, wow, I thought they stopped recording. I guess. Yeah, well, they went to they went to Patreon for a little while. Uh, okay, which that's right. Is is hilarious, but uh, yeah, but then no, they back got on kicked off Patreon. I think they got kicked off Patreon as well because they were trying to they're trying to still trying to stream WWE content, so um, they don't they don't like that too much. Uh, they were trying you, to pass and, it off as transformative, but they didn't know what that meant. <laughs> that was another th- funny thing. Now I th- think back, like funny things he said. That was crazy. It's transformative content, or the fuck he said. Yeah. Now you can't yeah. just play it from start to finish, mate. You can't do that. I don't know. It's funny. Like I don't know if he was trying to get away with it, or did he, did he not know you couldn't do that? Just after no, he, the first he, time, he, you got to know you can't do that. Yeah, he thought he understood transformative content, but he didn't. Uh, but he did admit on the showdown that he's learned a lot more about transformative content, and he understands now that he was doing the wrong thing. So oh, okay. he did learn. He did learn something. But no, they've gone back to Facebook with a new name. So their t-shirt store with all those wrestling with reality logos on them pretty much pointless now. We're going to have to change all those designs. But I can't imagine they're selling too many t-shirts. Right, and Nick Patrick was shocked to hear that that uh, <laughs> somebody was uh, selling his shirts. He laughed about it, but he was just shocked. Yeah. Like, somebody's selling Nick Patrick guy's shirt. <laughs> What the hell? It wasn't getting any residuals from it. Though. I'll tell you that much. No, I don't imagine they've sold any, so it's it's fine. It's the worst design. Like, I, I want Nick Patrick to see the design 
because he'd just be like, I don't want to be associated with that shirt. That's a terrible design. Yeah, like, come on, get a better uh, quality graphic there. Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah, absolutely. So for you, where can everybody find you and, and find your shows and everything else you got going on? Yeah, so uh, the podcast is called Malatown, and uh, it's on, look, at the moment, I'm not 100% sure of what podcast platforms. I know, obviously, your big ones, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart. It's it's on all those. There's a, there's a few of the other lesser-known ones, uh, but I don't think it's on all of them. Uh, but, yeah, it's certainly out there. Search Malatown. Uh, on Twitter, for Malatown, we are at Malatown, uh, if you want to follow there and uh, all the shows get shared from there uh, and for myself i am on twitter i am at that sussy guy just imagine that aussie guy and put an s where the a should be that's a john level mistake right there you know what i mean come on <laughs> but dean uh, right. thank you sorry the a and the s well the a and the s are right next to each other on the keyboard and when i created the account i didn't realize that i'd clicked s and then <laughs> It wasn't until I'd sent out a few tweets that I noticed that at that sussy guy, and I was like, oh, well, you're stuck with it now. Might as well. And then I came up with a clever little catchphrase. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. Put an A where the S should be. Yeah, that, that's true. That's not bad. An S where the A should be, but yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Damn it. I think Mike screwed that up too. You, you know, right? He always does. <laughs> Just like he, he always says new power generation when talking about Chad's show every time. <laughs> that's like, uh, for some reason, Kevin Sullivan, instead of saying Jake Paul, or Logan Paul, the two boxers. He calls them both John Paul Logan. I have no idea why. It just yeah. he like combines names and maybe puts another name. <laughs> like he's like, oh yeah, he's fighting the uh, the Floyd, uh, John Paul Logan. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it's one of those things. You just you just always screw it up. But that is a yeah. uh, John level mistake by you. You got you got to admit that. that is. Yeah, no, it is. I agree. I'll, I'll I'll wear that one on the chin. But Dean, thank you so much uh, for all the time today. You truly are the Mike Tenay. Okay, my go. But thank you so much. Thank you, John. Appreciate it, man. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.